when you read through Scripture, as Pastor Greg said, the conflict is clear. Through the pages of the Gospel, through the writing of the epistles, it's over and over again the same thing. It's that reminder that this event was beyond comprehension. That the idea that the Son of God could become the Son of Man, that Jesus would give His life for mankind. When you get to the book of Revelation and the, the coronation of Jesus is, is, is being explained to us, John describes this scene. And I saw on the right hand of Him who sat on the throne a scroll, a scroll written on the inside and on the back. Sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose the seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or even to look at it. So I wept much. Because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and the four living creatures, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as if it had been slain. And he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. The story just gets so confusing and so hard to follow. The Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. The Son of Man is the Son of God. The one who died on the cross is the one who is alive the next day. That beautiful Amazing, miraculous event. Good Friday, God's Friday, sad Friday, brokenness Friday, that Passover that marked the end of one, the beginning of another, that moment when all things seemed to go dark. We've discussed this Sabbath before. We've discussed that moment when There they were, gathered in the upper room for fear of the Jews. Gathered around in their various corners. Nobody goes to the temple. Nobody goes to the synagogue. The closer you are to Jesus on this Sabbath, the less likely it is that you're going to worship. And there in one corner of the room, we've seen him before. It's Peter. He's isolated himself from the rest of the disciples. His head is down. His heart is breaking. His tears are flowing. They've been flowing for hours now. Every time he thinks of those words, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know this Jesus who you're bringing up. But he's not the only one. They're all gathered around, and some of them are thinking about the fact that when, when the soldiers came to take away Jesus, they fled off into the night. They couldn't stand by. They couldn't stand up. They couldn't do anything. They ran off. 
and left him there to face it by himself. Some of them are thinking about the fact that they slept in Gethsemane. When he just asked them to stay awake and watch and pray, and they slept. Some of them are thinking about the fact that they ran back to this room while he hung on the cross all by himself. In that room, we all sit. In that Sabbath, we find ourselves. We know what happens after that Sabbath. We're aware of the next day. But the whole earth is sitting quietly on that Sabbath, considering our need of a Savior, awaiting the final moment, the final resurrection. All of us take part today as the earth awaits the final rolling back of all of those stones, opening up of all of that earth and the resurrection and the renewal and the rebirth of mankind. Beautiful, scandalous, marvelous. We say things like, thank God for the blood of Jesus. We talk about being washed in the blood of the Lamb. One of our old hymns says there's a fountain filled with blood that flowed from Emmanuel's veins. And if you're not a fairly well connected Christian, it sounds pretty horrible. But we talk about going to that place where we find cleansing from the one thing that cannot be cleansed or washed away by anything else but the blood of the Lamb. And we celebrate. Back through the annals of time. The all-knowing God of the universe, the creator of everything, knew about the little tribe in the upper room, and he knew about you, and he knew about me. He knew about that horrible Sabbath that they were experiencing. No rest for them. No rest for their heart, no rest for their bodies, no rest for their mind, no rest at all. He had planned it all. Adam and Eve would be given free choice, just like everyone else who had ever been created by God and everything and everyone that ever would be created. And when he made that choice, there was no doubt how it would end up. He knew that they would also make a choice. But to do anything else, would be to deceive the world about the approach and possibility of sin. And so he let it come. The consequences of that moment were inevitable. Certainly, the law, as certainly as the laws that rule nature, sin could not exist in the presence of God. And eventually it would have to be dealt with. The choice that they made would bring it down upon all of us. And in that moment, that second, when the Godhead decided to create, all of these things became true. As certainly as all the other laws of nature were true, God would have to climb that cross and die 
to give us the opportunity to make a choice to go home with him. We have the blessing and the curse of living 2,000 years later. We have the blessing and the curse of knowing the end of the story. It's a blessing because we can celebrate the blood of the Lamb. We can look back and say, yes, he died, but he came back to life again. It's a blessing because we can look at those, those disciples in the upper room and say, yeah, that was a horrible Sabbath, but, but God transformed every one of them. And they became courageous voices for him all through the known world. It's a blessing because we know what happened. It's a curse because we know what happened too well. It's a curse because the stories become ordinary to us. It's a curse because we read it without gasping. We, we, we read the story and, and we don't just marvel at it. We read about the Son of Man being the Son of God, being the one who died. And not one of us even stops to consider it. It's a curse because it's become normal to us to see Christ on the cross and to consider His blood spilled for us. So for today, for the moment, would you stop? Just consider that this scandalized heaven, that this broke the heart of God, that this emptied the greatest value from the throne of God, that this sacrifice was beyond any sacrifice ever before ever since. This was not Jesus being sent to the cross by God. This was in fact, as we sang a little while ago, Him giving His life away so that we might be able to take our life back up. That day there was a fork put in the road. And we were given a choice. We were renewed with a choice. We stand here We sit here and we understand the death of Christ was an inevitable choice of the Godhead. We know that as their hearts are breaking, joy will come in the morning. We know that Peter sitting over there in the corner, suffering and crying and worrying, will be restored by Jesus. He'll be one of the first ones to run to the tomb and he'll know his joy in the morning. You and I know because we can look back on the story that the resurrection is fact, that the heavens will in fact rejoice, that the angels will gather, that the people will begin to celebrate that next day. Why? Because Jesus will come back to life. Joy will come in the morning as surely as God promised it. We sit here on the Sabbath of the earth's time. We sit here waiting for that final resurrection. We as a people, we as a nation, we as the world, fallen though we are, have accepted those who have chosen to follow Christ, those who have chosen to have sin wiped out of our lives, the blood spilled for us to cleanse us for all eternity. We have in the assurance of the death 
and resurrection of Christ, the promise that our joy will also come in the morning. No matter who we've lost, no matter what we've suffered, no matter what we've done, no matter if we have denied Him, no matter if we've walked away from Him, no matter if we've run when we should have stood, we know that because of Christ, if we come back to Him, accepting what He's done for us, our joy is truly there in the morning.